Hello and welcome into another episode of the Esports Network podcast in partnership with Reuters. As always, I'm your host, Mitch Reams, and today we've got two guests for you. Our first, Justin Jacobson, one of my first friends in esports. He's an esports and gaming attorney and recently got a new position as manager of esports and gaming for Ford Models, a leading talent agency which focuses mainly on fashion models, but now is expanding into the world of gaming. He's also recently received a book deal for his new book on esports and gaming law called The Essential Guide to the Business and Law of Esports and Professional Video Gaming, which will go on sale in early 2021. For Ford Models, he's already signed 10 clients, with a few more being announced this week. One of his clients is O'Larry, the NBA 2K player who was unfortunately shot in the Jacksonville Madden shooting last summer. He's now made a recovery, and his story was commemorated at the ESPN ESPYs last year. And now he plays for the Cavs Legion GC, one of my favorite stories in esports and one I always have to highlight. Another one of his clients is Ivan Curtis, better known by the name OG King Kurt. He's the coach and general manager for Nets Gaming, the NBA 2K team associated with the Brooklyn Nets, and joins us on the podcast today. Justin, Ivan, thanks for joining the show. Thanks for having us. Hey, thanks for having me. OG King Kurt has been featured in a variety of leading publications, including Complex, The Undefeated, The Score, and much more. In addition to driving Nets Gaming, Kurt is also the host of the Esports Extra Show, where he's joined by reporter Larry Ridley and two-time NBA champion, WNBA champion, sorry, Renee Montgomery. This year, he's also launched a podcast called OG Two Cents and a merchandise line, which will become available in the next few months. So, Kurt, I have to ask, is there anything you're not doing at this point? <laughs> taking a break and <laughs> that's about it uh, i'm just uh trying to exercise as many options out there uh that there is to have and uh, just promoting uh, my typical brand of being positive and inspirational and, and motivate that's a great brand to have for sure justin as you work with all these different clients how are you helping them really expand everything they're working on. Now, I know uh, Kurt has been working on all of these things probably since before you came into the picture, but how are you working with your clients to make sure they're after every single opportunity out there? Well, yeah, you know, we're really kind of identifying what they're already working on and how we can kind of help elevate that and bring some of, you know, what's in our existing network to bring it up a level as well as trying to create new avenues, you know, the merchandise stuff as we're talking about and trying to help with their exposure and their messagery and really kind of present their story and what makes them unique in the best possible light. Definitely, definitely. So I got to ask you a little bit about the new job with Ford Models before we dive into a conversation on the NBA 2K League. Ford Models is a really interesting talent agency because they focus on this world of like high fashion. How do they see the esports and gaming space? What is your goal working for the company or for the agency? Well, yeah, I mean, they're more traditionally a high-end fashioning modeling agency, but in addition, they also have a Ford Digital Influencers division where they represent more just, you know, fashion and health and wellness, inspirational people, not really, you know, quote-unquote models, but some of these individuals who have, you know, millions or hundreds of thousands of followers and fit into this beauty world. So we really kind of taken what they've already established with the digital influencers and just expanded it into the more gaming and esports world. So as you know, see with Prada and Louis Vuitton and L'Oreal and a bunch of these, you know, traditional high fashion brands, they've already begun to expand into esports and gaming and finding different ways to reach the demographic. So we're hoping to kind of continue with the brands that are kind of dipping their foot in and seeing what it's about 
as well as trying to find some other ones who maybe are looking at the space and don't really know how to get into it properly. And, you know, someone like Ford, who they've known the level of work and that they've worked with for decades, you know, they may feel comfortable working and engaging in this new space that maybe they're not that familiar with. For sure. It's a really interesting space. And I'm glad you brought up the Prada, Louis Vuitton. We've seen Jordan brand. We've seen Nike, Adidas all get into esports and gaming worlds over the last few years. And it's really been an interesting development. I feel like people from the outside looking in don't see esports and gaming as this really like fashionable streetwear heavy place. But from my experiences, it really is. There's quite a few, quite a few sneakerheads in the esports community, quite a few people who who care about fashion, care about dressing nice, even while they're playing video games. Yeah, and you know what's nice is that you know even a game like NBA 2K, they have the option to get Jordans and some of this more lifestyle brand. So even the games that people are playing, they're starting to integrate integrate these more fashion kind of activations. Definitely. Let's talk NBA 2K a little bit. It's one of my all-time favorite games. So many fond memories playing 2K over the years. Kurt, I know you were organizing tournaments back for the MBPA before the league, the NBA 2K League ever actually became a thing. How have you seen the NBA 2K esports scene evolve over the years? Um, obviously, when I started, uh, you know, back then, we didn't see... Uh, a professional league coming about. And uh, once it was announced and we looked at the structure of it, I mean, actually where players getting drafted, uh, moving into market areas, uh, being able to make a, a, a nice amount of money in a six month, a six month period um, definitely uh, has evolved 2k. Um, that's one of been one of my favorite games of all time. I've been playing it since the beginning and just to see uh, where it's evolved from, uh, since, you know, we were used to playing in the, the, the comfort of our own home. And now uh, with the 2K League, like I mentioned before, players moving into market areas, flying out to New York um, on a regular basis, uh, competing in a live studio audience uh, has definitely showed an extreme amount of growth uh, from year one into year three uh, with the rise of uh, the, the, the payouts uh, for tournaments and obviously the championships and different things like that. I'm just proud of our league, and it's just no telling uh, where the ceiling is for us at this moment. Absolutely, and it's had a lot of positive momentum, especially uh, in the last few months. A lot of people watching NBA 2K, one of the most watched NBA 2K broadcasts ever as the players, uh, not for the NBA 2K League, but as NBA players actually played 2K in a tournament back in May, I think it was. Uh, There's just been a lot of momentum around the game and the esports scene as a whole. Now, I know everything is better now. Those payouts are great. The contracts are great. But whenever I talk with people at esports, there's always this level of nostalgia for the the old days of the grassroots tournaments, the hotel ballroom tournaments. Is there anything from those old days that you miss about them where it was just people coming together, playing for passion, or is just everything better now? Uh, I'd say it's 50-50. I mean, of course, I'm always uh, remember where I came from and, uh, just the memorable experiences that I had throughout this journey. Uh, but fortunately for me, since I was basically uh, a pioneer in, in this space, is that I still get to, to see some of the same people um, that, you know, helped me get started along the way. That's from players um, to current managers and GMs. So it's kind of like, um, you know, we just all grew up together, so to speak. And 
uh, being able to see where we came from to where we are now is uh, is is something that I don't, I don't I still have to pinch myself from time to time and 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 realize where I really came from and where I'm at. Definitely, the NBA 2K esports scene has always felt like this really tight knit circle. There's uh, just the people that have been around this esports scene for a long time and that have been driving it for so long. And it seems like there's just this this core group of people who are so passionate about it and are now in these elevated roles of the NBA 2K League, working with NBA franchises and doing broadcasts that are being seen by thousands and thousands of people. It's pretty awesome to see. No, definitely. Um, like I said, it's uh, I call it dream work. Um, of course, it's, it's challenging. Um, I've learned a lot of different things along the way because, you know, you go you go from being a grassroots uh, tournament and league organizer uh, to actually working with an NBA franchise and using the same model um, that they use to to build brands and sponsorships uh, with their actual NBA team. So I'm, uh, you know, although I've had ex- extreme knowledge in 2K, um, learning, getting over into the NBA aspect of it. Uh, as far as brands and, and sponsors, it definitely uh, grew me up uh, a ton over these last couple of years. Oh, no doubt. The NBA, I mean, that's just, uh, it's another level that, that no esports is on when you look at the NBA and the brands they've brought into the NBA 2K League. I'm a total brand nerd, done a lot of writing for Adweek. So I just want to run through some of these. AT&T, Bud Light, Champion, HyperX, uh, Panera Bread, uh, Tissot, I don't even know how to say that one. Swiss watches, a new era, Snickers, DoorDash, GameStop. There's so many brands that are part of the NBA 2K League in some way. Uh, more so than even esports leagues that have been established for a really long time. The NBA 2K League just has all these great brands, and that's really thanks to the uh, the connections of the NBA and the knowledge the NBA has in in pursuing those sponsorships. No, without a doubt. I mean, when you hear the, those three letters, NBA, uh, it's attractive and, and a lot of brands want to be affiliated with it. And then, you know, in partnership to us with the affiliate teams, it's the same concept. You know, you hear the Brooklyn Nets or, you know, you hear the Golden State Warriors and, and then that, the fact that they have affiliate teams, um, they just want to find a way to, to be a part of it. And, and it's been very beneficial uh, for teams like my, like like mine. Definitely, really excited for the Brooklyn Nets next year. It's gonna be a gonna be a great year. I'm a huge NBA fan as well. Um, but Justin, over to you. Don't want to leave you out of this conversation here. When did you first come across the NBA 2K esports scene? I know you've been focused on it for quite a long time. Uh, being in New York, being based there, where the league's been based for a while. What drew you into the NBA 2K league, and how have you seen it evolve over the years you've been involved? Well, you know, I've always been a 2K guy. You know, I pretty much play it every day now, and that's something that I probably isn't always going to be part of my life. And, you know, the fact that I had such an interest in it about maybe maybe about like six or eight months before the league really started, I kind of spent some time familiarizing myself with what the Pro-Am comp scene was, meeting a lot of the players, you know, meeting people like Kurt and a bunch of the other more well-known personalities and just kind of really – seeing what they're about and you know something that always drew me to it and why I kind of got invested in it was the kind of kid that was involved I feel like they're a little bit different than the typical gamer in a lot of other games I feel like they like more pop culture stuff you know hip-hop you know whatever's trending on Netflix whatever the cool new Jordans are and you know that's really a lot of the stuff that I was doing in more my traditional entertainment and sports world is 
finding a way to bring these more lifestyle brands and connecting them with, you know, the people that want them. So, you know, I thought that as you saw, if you play the game, they have beats and, you know, a bunch of these other really lifestyle brands that are involved in it. So it was just like a natural fit. And then once I started to actually go to the studio live and, you know, I was there almost every week for the last, you know, two years, I really got to kind of meet the kids and see them in action, see the passion. And, you know, for anyone who hasn't seen a live event like that, it's great. Like you see, you know, it reminds me of a pickup game in the park where like you're chirping at the guy you're guarding. You're like, oh, you don't want to shoot that or, you know, and you're kind of getting in your head and adding this whole psychological element to it that I think is, you know, really unique and you know, really kind of drew me into it. Definitely. There is a lot more personality in the NBA 2K League than in most other esports leagues or organizations. It's a, it's a diverse league. It's got people popping off. It's got people talking shit. Uh, my Blazer 5, some of the experts at that. I love my man Dwayne. He talks the most shit. It's great. Uh, One Wild Walnut, for people unfamiliar, the first MVP of the NBA 2K League. Uh, and I think that's one thing that esports in general needs more of. It needs more player personality. It needs more storylines, more rivalries based off the players. And I think it's something that the NBA 2K League does great. Kurt, from your perspective, somebody who's been at the league for a while, how has this? How have these rivalries developed? And it is this close-knit thing, but is it all good off the court, just like in the NBA where, hey, they might be going head-to-head a lot, but off the court, everyone's a friend? Is that the same thing as the NBA 2K League? Or is there some real bad blood that's developed? Uh, I mean, I'd say the majority of it is, you know, competitive on the on the virtual court and, you know, friends and pretty much, you know, off the court. Uh, I think season one, um, I was a, a draft analyst for Bucks GG, uh, the affiliate of the Milwaukee Bucks. And that's one of the things I noticed right away I would when I would go out to New York and then after the games, all the players would be at the hotel and they would just be hanging around, kicking it, laughing, joking and and stuff like that. So you kind of grasp the concept that like, yeah, they're, they're trying to win uh, when they're playing and compete. Uh, but then off of it, you know, they realize like it's, it's the profession and what they do. Uh, but once it's over, I mean, they can go back to being friends and, 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 and talking and laughing and joking after the fact. So um, I definitely agree with the personality uh, perspective of it is that, you know, each team may need an identity. Uh, you need a, a franchise player, um, that when you hear that, that team name, you think of that player, as you mentioned, uh, with one wild walnut. Um, I'm definitely one of the brighter personalities in the league. And I, I think that's good for growth, not not only for the league, but just organizations, period. Um, you have to be able to resonate when you hear uh, a team being mentioned along with the league. Definitely. We're increasingly moving to this level of fan support being based on players. We've seen it really in the NBA a lot with LeBron James, people who were Cavs fans, then Heat fans, then Cavs fans again, and are now Lakers fans, where they're really following a player they like a lot more so than a team. And I think that's what's really important about building up player storylines, because many in the younger generation, that's what they're attracted to. They're like, oh, sweet. I'm a fan of Damian Lillard. I don't know how many fans Dame has grabbed for the Blazers this year, but if Dame then decided to leave, which he won't ever do, knock on wood, uh, he, <laughs> I'm sure that a lot of those people would then follow him to his next team. And so I feel like that building of storylines is really, really important. And having the players have the personality, have different things you think of when you hear their name uh, is great for building fans of the sport long term. Yeah, I, 
I think it's important for, you know, when you watch a player, especially as uh, Justin mentioned, you know, if you got to experience it live and you see some of these personalities and some of them can seem over the top and, and anything like that. But once you get to know their background and some of the things that they've been through and why they are the way they are when they're competing and different things like that. You know, we have some players who come from natural sports backgrounds uh, that fall into that. And I think once the, the, the fan or the, or the casual viewer sees that and gets to hear those stories, they can start relating to the player. And, and that's how they, you know, you become a fan. And like you mentioned that, you know, no matter how successful the player is and where they're at, they'll, they'll travel along with the player. Definitely. You mentioned how a lot of the players have sports backgrounds. That's something that I think is really interesting about all the sports simulation leagues. I learned that firsthand uh, back in February before the entire world shut down. Uh, Portland, my, my hometown, hosted a EMLS match. So the, the Major League Soccer's uh, eSports competition. And it, they brought out some media people to go play a scrimmage game on the Timbers field with some of the players. And I was like, oh, okay. They're gamers. Like they'll be like they they care about soccer, obviously enough to play uh, competitive FIFA. But I was not in ready for the level of skill I faced on that pitch. They were so good. Even a guy who didn't even look like he was moving. I was playing goalie at the time, and he bobbed one for like forty yards out over my head. It was just an absolute rocket. And I was like, okay, there is a definite crossover between people who are good at a sport. No, not not professional level, but a lot of community college. I know Dwayne played uh, basketball in colleges, JCs, uh, those different types of places that then play in these sports simulation esports leagues. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, you know they have you know pretty established high IQ from just kind of playing it in real life. Um, some of the people in the league were you know former AAU standouts who maybe had you know an injury that kind of derailed them. You know, so they're kind of being able to cross over with their basketball knowledge and the stuff that they've learned in the real world and kind of integrate it into the game. For sure. It's it's cool. And there's not that doesn't really exist in any other esport out there where you have the sports knowledge and you can translate that to esports. And as these games get better and better, they reward more and more of that same basketball IQ. Now there's always going to be things that are unique to the video game version just based on it being a video game. But I think the games, as by and large, have rewarded people who are good at the actual sport more and more over the years. Kurt, from your perspective, how have you seen the game get closer and closer to modeling the actual game of basketball since you've been playing it? Um, definitely. If you um, go from the first NBA 2K or, and, not, and all the way up until now, we went through phases where it was just a one v one mode, and then once they started bringing in the my player aspect of it, you pretty much can start making your player resemble you, uh, and in features. And then it went from the point where not only you can do that, but you can start developing the game of the player after uh, whatever you may feel is a, is fit for yourself and beyond. Um, so that's definitely uh, been beneficial uh, to those who actually competed in sports and played. And, and now being able to, you know, add that to the actual virtual game. Uh, one of the aspects that I like in that is that those who've actually played sports um, and they learn the mechanics of the game and they learn uh, what they can get away with uh, while playing the game, they definitely have the mindset and IQ, as Justin mentioned, 
uh, to become, you know, one of the better players uh, in the world as those who play in the 2K League. So I think uh, just the overall growth of it is phenomenal. I mean, we went from, uh, you know, I'm an older uh, older statesman <laughs> in, in the 2K world. So, I, you know, I went from watching stick figures uh, play to the double dribbles, to the NBA lives, to the 2Ks and uh, NBA jams and different things of that nature, even arch rivals if we go back. Uh, if we really going back. So uh, just to see the overall elevation of 2K and where they've taken it um, is it, just, you know, it's phenomenal. You know, something that I kind of noticed in my playing is I feel like in some of the older games, you used to be able to do things that would never fly. Like you would take shots that they would never really go in or, you know, make a pass that, you know, there's a guy in front of it and it would go to the your guy. Whereas nowadays, if you make a pass that's going to get, should get intercepted, it gets intercepted. Like, you know, if you try to force up a shot that's not open, unless it's perfect, it's not going to go in. So I think that it's starting to become a little less like video gamey where like you can take a half court shot pretty easily and make it to where like you need to, you know, do pick and rolls and look for the open man and, you know, kind of play two, three defenses and try to do off ball screens and, you know, really try to implement more actual basketball in the game than just trying to like, you know, do a dribble move and drive past and dunk over a guy. Man, my friends hated me in NBA 2K 11. I would cheese with the Sixers every time and just have Drew Holiday throw lobs to Iguodala. You used to have a command where it was just, you could just have cut to the basket and Iguodala would just go on a run to the basket, throw a lob up and he'd dunk it like 60, 70% of the time. Oh, they hated me. It was such cheese. And I'm glad that we've gotten to a point where you can't do that, especially in the esports league. It was crucial to having a valid esports seed to actually develop that real skill component of it. If you could cheese things out. And I know in the first season, there was a little bit of potential cheese you could do, uh, but it feels like it's getting better uh, as the years have gone on, no doubt. Well, the thing that I'd like to mention as far as that is I think 2K is one of the most complex games uh, because it has a variety of modes. And I think when you get, come to a certain point where you're taking one one aspect of, of sports, and which is basketball, and you're putting that into multiple facets of the game, I think it will cause a glitch here and there. And what I always just say is, you know, we can – just only play the game that's in front of us. And that's kind of taking EA Sports, uh, you know, moniker from for a degree. But, I mean, I, I don't think um, they intentionally put ex- exploits in the game for people to use. But um, it's competitive advantage to a degree. And that's all we can pretty much go with. Um, I know a lot of people don't like it. But what I say is, you know, if you're holding the controller – I'm holding the controller and we're able to do the same thing. It's about who does it the best. Yeah. And it's not unique to, to NBA 2K or to sports sims at all. Every eSport has had uh, some potential issues with, oh, that's a glitch. Oh, you can exploit that. Call of Duty's had many, many over the years where it's like, oh, okay, I guess we're we're standing on each other's heads or we're, we're phasing through the map and shooting this now. And that's just... Uh, video games in general, when you have any video game, which are imperfect things, and you have people grinding them 10 hours a day every day, they're going to find some things uh, that the developers didn't mean to. That's just you know the nature of the beast. Also, I want to 
be clear for people who aren't familiar with the NBA 2K League, I want to dive into the format a little bit because it's unique. We had Todd Citrin on this podcast. He's EA's uh, Senior Vice President of Competitive Games. And the way EA runs their sports simulations is different from how the NBA 2K works. EA is a ultimate team based thing where it's one-on-one and you have to build players that are take cards from players that actually exist and build teams with them. In the NBA 2K League, players like like Kurt was mentioning uh, build their own avatar, their own character. And so when the Blazers play, it's not Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum out there. It's one wild walnut and mama I'm that man. And they control their own character. So it's not the one-to-one comp of, oh, hey, here's all these other, uh, here's all these stars I'm used to seeing on an NBA court. It's unique players that are been created by the players themselves. And then it's five on five, which is the other big difference. And I think is something that is really important for competitive integrity, because anytime you have computers automat- like doing automated actions, that's always going to fall in some weird territory where it's like, wait, why did my computer player just do that? And the NBA 2K League gets around that because every player on the court is actually being controlled by a human. I think that's really the way to go for sports sims for sure. So I just wanted to be clear for anybody who's not super familiar with the NBA 2K League. That's how it works. Uh, Kurt, from your perspective, and Justin, I'd actually like yours as well. What do you think the benefit is of having the five on five, the my player aspect instead of the ultimate team uh, the way that EA runs their sports simulation competitions? I think what it does is it puts every player in, in position to con- to control their success as much as possible. I mean, I know things happen in, within the game that you can't control, but for the most part, it's your player uh, to dictate the success or quote-unquote the failure of how that player performs. And I think that's that's big when you're watching uh, from a, a fan aspect um, is that you're actually watching people control their own destiny with that specific player instead of relying on an AI uh, to make the play. Uh, so I think that's very important uh, to the success of our league. Yeah, and I also think that what's nice that you were mentioning about the my players is that each of these positions have standard you know, set statistics. So you're not going to be an all-around dunker shooter defender you know, there's usually one or two categories that you're stronger in, which means you're usually, you know, weaker in the other ones. So there's a lot of strategy in the players you select and how you use them. And, you know, you're able to really kind of identify certain competitor strengths. Like if you're an amazing shooter, then maybe you want to make sure you're on a great shooting build. Or if, you know, you're great at passing and driving, you want to make sure that that's, you know, one of your strengths. So I think that what's nice about it is that you have a lot of different options on how the game is going to get played. Definitely. Those my player aspects, it it creates the balance that you need. Otherwise, people would just be using the most overpowered players. We saw this in the very first NHL esports competition. They had players just pick teams like you would do in any of these sports sims normally when you're playing against your friend. And the finals came down to the Boston Bruins versus the Boston Bruins. And I was watching the... (laughs) the final broadcast and it was just a shit show because it's hockey which moves very quickly and you have this exact same names on both teams and so it was just this rask hits rask and then pass to rask oh it intercepted and it's it was just not a good way 
of of doing a league and the broadcast really suffered for it. And so I think the my player thing gets around that and it also helps build those stars like we talk about. It's not just somebody uh playing as LeBron, it's somebody playing as their own individual character, which is a little more in depth that helps build that brand. Going back to that Todd Citra podcast, he actually was talking a lot about how EA is changing its focus on esports and especially sports simulations and doing more entertainment-based broadcasts and less competitive-based ones. And I'm curious from your guys' perspective, that's a decision that they've made during the pandemic and seeing how the success of all these athletes playing video games is there something you wish the league would do differently or is there something that you think the league is looking at uh, in changing and evolving going forward in regards to how all the athletes can be incorporated into the league at all? So, you know, starting with you, Kurt, and then again, going over to Justin, is there anything you wish the league would do differently or something that you're seeing them start to do that you think is great and you want them to follow up? I mean, to be honest, I think we went from a, a period with our league, that is obviously what we call the secret sauces plan in a live studio audience with the trash talk and, and, and just the whole competitive environment. And we went for a moment not knowing if our sport was going to exist. Um, you know, I think I want to credit the league, you know, the oper- league operations, uh, creative team, and, and everybody that's involved uh, in making sure that we had a season. And, and being able to present it in a way that we're not used to. Um, you know, it, it gave us a chance to gain exposure uh, nationally with ESPN2 um, and just the overall brands that came in and, and helped uh, push the league. You know, this year we have our first uh, final sponsor uh, with DoorDash. Um, so I think it's, it's created an avenue for us um, to be innovative and, and, and creative in, in how we present the league uh, to our current fans and to the future of, of fans uh, with the NBA 2K League. So it, it, for me, in, in seeing where we went and from where from what we were used to, I'd say like, it's hard. To, I'm hard-pressed to say if it's anything that I want to see uh, right now. I think they took the appropriate time to promote more stories uh, about the players, about the coaches, about the staff, um, so I, I honestly think they did a great job. I, and and if this is something that we're going to have to get used to for a while, I, can, I can't wait to see, um, you know, some of the things that we may push towards in the future to make it more of a success than what it has been this season. You know, kind of building on what Kurt is saying, I really love what the 2K League is doing with kind of their international expansion, you know, bringing in Gen G Shanghai team, having the first, you know, Chinese-born player being drafted by them, and they did a big tournament in London and some stuff in, you know, Pacific Asia. And I really think that they're really kind of embracing these other markets that love basketball and trying to kind of get them involved and kind of bridging that. And I think that that's something that is amazing. And you see FIBA kind of following suit and creating their own kind of world championship 2K tournament. And, you know, I think that that's really important. And what's nice about esports at a game like basketball is that it's you know just so universal it's not like overwatch or league of legends where you really have to know what's going on i would say most people across the globe can watch basketball and just know what's going on and i think that's something that i think they need to focus more on and that they've really kind of looked at is really kind of 
engaging with the youth, the high school and the middle school. Like I think that is where the sweet spot is for the fans. I think, you know, the, the younger kids who kind of growing up playing video games with their friends would love to see people playing the same game at them at the highest level and seeing how, wow, like the same way growing up, you're playing in the park to be an NBA. You can grow up playing with your friends in, in these comp leagues to be in the NBA 2K league. So, you know, I think that that's, you know, an area that they should continue to focus on. And I know teams like, you know, Cavs Legion, some of the other ones have kind of done some youth initiatives where they've done camps and stuff to really engage with their local markets. Definitely. Gen G is one of my all-time favorite esports organizations, and I love that they're getting involved in the NBA 2K League. I had their COO on this podcast right around when that news broke, which I think was last fall. Uh, and he came on talking about sort of that that initiative. And it's the best possible thing for the NBA 2K League if you could take off in China. It is the penultimate goal of esports is to be popular in China. And so, you know, hopefully having that Shanghai presence, having more, uh, possibly more expansion in that country would be so, so massive for the NBA 2K League as a whole. And... What's really interesting too, Justin, is your job with Ford Models to take this thing whole full circle. Uh, that fashion aspect has been centralized on China. Most of the fashion and apparel brands that get into this are really focused on the Chinese market when they when they get involved. You look at uh, Louis Vuitton and League of Legends. Now, Louis Vuitton based in France, but League of Legends' best teams are all from China. You look at Nike getting in to League of Legends and they sponsored the LPL, the League of Legends Pro League over in China. Does there is there that level of we can be more popular in the Chinese market? When you talk about a fashion agency, one that's focused on this, uh, is being popular in China and Asian markets as well, Seoul, uh, Tokyo, just huge fashion capitals. Is that part of the the draw for something like Ford uh, as they get more involved in the esports and gaming world? Well, yeah, you know, they have offices kind of all around the globe and they're working on some strategic partners in the China, Chinese and Asian market. But, you know, most of their stronghold has really kind of been focused on North America and South America. They have, you know, a huge presence in Brazil. And obviously those secondary markets make sense, but most of our talent are really only fluent in English. So it would be a little bit difficult to really kind of engage with, you know, the Chinese or Korean audience that they just can't really make product, you know, there's just, you can't make content that they can't understand. So, you know, while those are definitely huge global fashion areas and, you know, ones that we'll definitely be looking into, you know, our initial focus is really on kind of activating in, you know, the areas that we're familiar with, mostly, you know, US and Canada based and kind of bringing some of those brands to look at the North America market and kind of look at it similar to where they're looking at you know, Asia and some of these other areas. Definitely. And the NBA 2K League is by and large centralized in North America with every team, except for that Gen G Shanghai team. And uh, the Raptors. Tied oh, to... yeah, oh, and the Raptors. Sorry. I've North tied America, to you're NBA right. Franchise. No, my, my geography's a little, a little slow. <laughs> yes. Shout out to Toronto. The, uh, the undefeated only Canadian team. NBA team we have left. I, I wish the Vancouver Grizzlies would come back, honestly. 
Well, I want to wrap up the show here, but I want to give you both a chance to plug everything you're working on. Justin, let's start with you. You've got a book coming out. You've got a new job. You've got new client announcements. Uh, what do you want people being on the lookout for? And I can hold this publishing. If you want to talk about those new clients you've just announced, I can hold publishing until those come out. Well, yeah. I mean, I, as you mentioned, I have you know this nice guide to the esports and law scene where we really kind of look at the whole esports ecosystem and how kind of all the parties make money and some of the kind of legal issues and stuff that might come up as you know if you're running a team or you're acting as a player or a streamer or event operator and you know really got some unique stuff that we're working on with some of our players we're trying to kind of cross pollinate between some of Ford's existing talent some of their models some of their other influencers as well as just you know more traditional athletes and celebrities to kind of create this culture that we're trying to do and you know follow me on twitter justin j esq because there'll be lots of updates and information there definitely and i will link justin's twitter and his social profiles down below this show check out his guest page you want to learn more about him uh check out that book as well when it comes out it's got a quote from yours truly on the back cover as long as it was good enough to make the cut now, Kurt, over to you. You're working on a whole lot of things right now. What do you want people listening, looking out for from your perspective? Uh, you know, I'll continue, you know, do the LG Two Cents podcast episodes release every Sunday. Um, you know, as mentioned earlier, I'm working on a, a merchandise line. Um, you know, it can I, always be continuous work with NSGC, uh, whether we're in season or or all, it's really no off season. Uh, just continues to build that brand and help make it one of the best uh, franchises in the NBA 2K League on and off the virtual court. Um, and just uh, continue to, to grow the OG King Kurt brand. Uh, you know, as much as possible. I just want you know thank you for having me on this podcast and, and along with my you know my right hand guy Justin, uh, who's helping making a, a lot of things happen for me. Uh, and I'm just excited about uh, our partnership and, and what's, what is going to be held in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. I will link Kurt's podcast. OG oh, uh, Kurt, wait, what show I have it here is OG two sets, OG two sets. I will link the OG two sets podcast. So check that out. If you want to learn more about the uh, NBA 2K world, uh, the NBA in general, he's had some really awesome guests on that uh, framed around that world of sports, esports crossover, which is uh, a world I'm quite interested in. Well, so I'll be checking it out as well. And Justin, congratulations to you on the new position. Like I mentioned, Justin was one of my very first friends in the esports industry. Uh, I feel like I talked with him like two months out of school and we've been in constant contact ever since. He was doing my podcast back when I had zero listeners. And so now we actually have an audience. So uh, you stuck with me through that, Justin, and I'm happy to have you on the show. So thank you for coming on, Kurt. It was great to meet you. Great talking with you. Thank you for coming on as well. Thanks for having us. Likewise. All right. Cheers, guys. And for our listeners, if you want some more esports content, I'm going to be publishing this one the week of uh, early September is the plan. But if you want some more esports content, I've published a few podcasts uh, that I really enjoy. Esports in Las Vegas with Chris Laporte. He talks about the highs and lows of esports in Sid City and uh, a really interesting and enlightening conversation I had with Overwolf CEO about the importance of in-game apps and mods and why 
mods have been the driver of so much esports innovation over the years. So if you want some more esports content, I encourage you to go check out those two podcasts as well. As always, I'm the Trims, and this was the Esports Network podcast from Reuters. I'll be back later in the week with another show.